entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard. And now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help you not just survive, but thrive. And it can happen as simply as thinking with the end in mind. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for your future exit. Because the business we're selling is also a business worth owning. And I want to share strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have something to share with you. I put together an insightful and think outside the box masterclass. This 15 minute training has been specifically designed to help you learn how to grow your business and get it sale ready, even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet. Why now? Join me and find out all the benefits that come with having a sale ready business. Register for free at scale the number two cell.biz. All right, I'm super excited to have my new friend on with me today, Jacqueline Hawk. She empowers women to have a thriving personal life and career without overwhelm, grinding away, sacrificing for another, or having to choose by equipping them with four skills, confidence, and mindset to confidently ask for what they need. Her signature program, The Power of Ask, is based on her 16-year corporate career, which she went from successful yet overwhelmed, burned out and job hopping, to sacrificing her life for her work and wanted to advance, but not liking what life would be like if she did. T.O. designing uh, her own rule, excuse me, to designing her own rules and special permissions for her schedule and passions and optimal health and happiness with her family. Her program also transformed the lives of women at Google Ventures, First Republic Bank, NASDAQ, the Bar Association of San Francisco, as well as numerous other startups. So Jacqueline has just amazing skill and welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast. We're so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. You talk about being an entrepreneur and helping others. And when it comes to asking, man, we all need it, especially as we're doing this. Uh, so I'm glad to be here. Totally, totally. So you mentioned that, you know, you were in this job before and you were like overwhelmed and stressed out. How did you really get to the point where you're now helping people? <laughs> How long do we have? Um, <laughs> there were, so yeah, long story short, whether you love or hate that phrase. So I was at Disney and then Deloitte for about for literally 14 years. And I would say the first, the first half of that was everything that you'd mentioned. I was successful, but heads down, working hard, finding that my health and personal life were kind of on a back burner and going, how, if I can use this word, how the hell do I get out of this? I dug myself into this hole. And what was really cool is I had some incredible mentors. They happened to be men rather than women, but it just is mm. what it is. And one of them in particular at that halfway point. I was ready to jump ship between practices within Deloitte at London, in London. And he was like, well, Jacqueline, what do you want? Why are you joining our practice? And he kind of forced me to sit down and think about what I wanted. And it was a hugely pivotal moment because to this day, again, I've been really successful doing all the things for somebody to say, what do you want? And me be like, well, I know and realize I didn't was an aha moment. Mm. And I created my own little process for figuring out what I wanted, why it would benefit the business, like a little bit of a 
a SWOT, a pros, a con, but more robust. And then it enabled me to sit down with the two different heads of the practices, the one I was going to be leaving, the one I was going to be joining and have this conversation about, hi, here's what I'm looking for. Here's what the business needs. Can you do this? And the answer was easier than ever. Like I could see through who was really going to do it. Who wouldn't? Was I going to succeed? Were we going to hit the goals? Like all of it, just because I'd started to go through this framework of what do I need and actually the business. And then it started this whole beautiful snowball of also going, okay, well, once I think about what I want, there's this point where I need to figure out how to actually align it to others because we all, and I will say, especially women, and I do coach men and women, but especially women have this fear of appearing selfish, right? Of, well, if I ask- Which we're hardly ever selfish, by the way. We give as a, as a, as a, as a, as a person in the whole, we give so much. I so believe that society why? has taught women to be, when we're helpful, we're valued. If we're not helpful, we're not valued. And we kind of ingrain that. So this idea of, all right, well, I'm going to selfishly ask for what I want, but how's it also going to benefit somebody else? Because why else are they going to give it to me? Especially if I'm in a business, like they might look at me and be like, that's nice. You want your four weeks of PTO, but how are we going to survive? So, <laughs> so I started, you know, doing that in the alignment. And then I butted up against all the limiting beliefs. I butted up my entire life. Some of the things we were just talking about or put your head down keep working harder. It'll solve itself. There will be a better time. Like you name it. Somebody else has a better idea than yours. It's okay. Don't be aggressive. And especially when I was in London, being a female and cultural differences, Mm. there was a perceived, um, even just the enthusiasm was a little bit more aggressive to them. So even looking at my communication style and it put, set me on this incredible trajectory of literally rewriting an entire role when I came back to the U.S. um, when we were building Deloitte's private company practice, negotiating for more direct reports, using my PTO, getting special permission to consult for a company while waiting to figure out what kind of role Deloitte had for me because I'd already built this other practice. And then there was, that was all me going, okay, I've made this work. But then the last couple of years at Deloitte, I had decided to take a sales job with startups and VCs because that was exciting, but also terrifying to me. So I wanted to learn the skill set. And what I ended up doing was coaching a lot of the senior managers, directors, and partners first on called their communication an X factor because being in sales, I was responsible for taking them out, but bless them. They're very good at their trade, their numbers, their tax, but actually conveying why them and the conversation was a little bit scary. Mm. So I would coach them on that, but also we ended up coaching on like, oh, you're burned out. Oh, you don't have the team you need? Like, oh, you want to leave your job? And so I ended up having this bigger role that unfortunately was never going to be a full-time role because they needed to be in sales. And I realized I had much more of a passion. And for me, what I perceived as a positive impact in helping people figure out, all right, how can you communicate more clearly, not only to navigate your day-to-day, but negotiate as well as this bigger picture of what do you want and how are you going to go after it rather than jumping ship or just suffering through what's happening? And then as we've watched the world unfold the last couple of years, it's thing more important than ever. So oh, I love it. You know, it, it is such an important skill set that we have to be able to ask truly, what is it that we want and how can it benefit both parties? How can we make it a win-win situation? And, but, but we have, like you said, all these limiting beliefs that get in the way and tell us, oh, you're not good enough, 
or or you they won't buy they won't accept that or maybe I should just go in a little bit less um, than what I'd originally offer. You know, we just have all these little we as women and we as people we have all these little chirpies going on in our head that tell us that we're we can't do that. So how do we get past that and start being able to ask for what we want? Yeah, it's um, hearing you I'll answer the question, but hearing you say that took me back to um, I was on a panel for the Bar Association of San Francisco, and it was for the um, inside councils, and they were talking about negotiating. Mm-hmm. And some of them had said that they were afraid to counter. And I was like, if you've gone down this path, these companies have invested you already. They're not just going to jump ship because you counter for something based on you know your worth and what you're going to bring to the table. They've invested time and money in getting you to this place. They're probably not going to want to accept the second or third person. They've got your mind on you. So even that limiting belief of, oh God, they might say no and not want me and this whole job thing falls apart because you asked for what you want is not so much. And then a head of HR on the panel was also like, that's absolutely right. The limiting belief thing is interesting. It's simple, but it's also tricky. A lot of it has to do with first understanding what those narratives are and recognizing they're holding us back. So when I was working with one of my groups, so I do a lot of the training, I license the program and also some groups. Some of the women were realizing there were narratives they didn't even know were there because of how we use the power of the ass program. Everything from, oh, I tell myself to put my head down and work harder. Oh, I always think it's better to be the role model, right? Of working harder versus maybe than asking the thing of, oh, I'm telling myself, I just need to get through this work. And in two weeks, there will be a better time. And these are things that seem so benign rather than like the hardcore one of why I can't ask. Like it's these subtle things that stick with us that hold us back that just by understanding and starting to listen to yourself and bringing those beliefs up to the forefront, you start to like actually get to look at them. And in the simplest sense, the way I look at it is they've been a ball and chain and they're going to be a ball and chain if we don't look at them and they're going to stay scary versus putting it in front of us, looking at it. And it kind of takes away some of the power. It doesn't mean they're going to go away. Um, but I think for even just the listeners, that's one of the first things is understanding what are some of those beliefs that hold you back? So in the program, we go through this process of understanding what the beliefs are and then um, thinking about where they came from. A lot of times they're not ours. There was a family mm-hmm. member, a friend, a work, a somebody that gave us this perspective that this is who we need to be to get our needs met, whatever those needs are, right? And that's a whole different path of psychology we can go down to and beliefs. Um, so what are some of these beliefs, subtle or obvious, when do they get triggered? Where did they come from? Um, and even thinking about what's an empowering belief that you want to replace it with. So you can psych yourself up instead of psych yourself out. Wow. So powerful because we all have this baggage or ball and chain, like you said, that we carry around that we don't even realize that is truly holding us back. And, and the point of asking can be across the board for everything. Whether it's, you know, we're looking if we're an employee and most of our listeners are entrepreneurs, but if you're an employee or better yet, your employee is asking you, you know, for a raise or extra time off or a different role, you know, whether we're communicating with our spouse or, or trying to communicate with a, a customer, we still have to feel confident in what we're asking for and, and try and bust through that to be able to be successful and get what we need because we are deserving. 
we've worked hard, we've created, we've developed, we've, you know, focused and put our attention on. And I love the fact that working harder is not necessarily the response that we need to do. Asking helps us work easier. Like that's the thing that it took me probably the longest to learn. And it was funny because people started asking me even when I was in the corporate realm, still like, how did you do that? And I was like, it's all in the power of the ask. And that's actually kind of where the the title had come from um, before going, oh, here are the four things I'm really doing to know how to ask and get the the yes. Um, Because to your point, it spans everything. And I think a lot of people think of asking and they go straight to negotiation, promotions, pay raises, et cetera. That is one of them. But it's literally, it's your day-to-day thing from somebody who said, like, you get the wrong order and you just want to ask and be like, Hey, this is the wrong milk. Hey, this is whatever. Like, let's correct this. Or um, I was talking to somebody else and this happens, I think, way too much in the workplace of um, there was some bad behavior going on Mm. systemically. And the woman had taken it to the owner and was like, hey, I, I need you to tell these men that these comments are not okay. And it's not us women's fault. Like, fully like these women are actually covered in the workplace and all this. And it's really not appropriate for them, but they're making it feel like it's the women's fault. And the owner had said, that's too much to ask. Right. So there's this interesting wow. thing when we're told that's too much to ask. It's like one, it can make people shut down. It can also, it's like, actually, whoever's saying that doesn't want to deal with it. And we need to not stop, but actually continue to ask. It could be asking for information. I see a lot of people working way too hard because they're not willing to ask a question about a timeline, a resource, a something. They think somebody else is way too busy to bother them. So they make assumptions and try and solve it and sometimes end far afield from where they could be rather than, I'm going to ask this question. It's going to save all the things people care about, time, money, and energy. Right. And it's, and it's, it's that it. And, and unfortunately, and my goal is to shift the way that society works. Like often when we ask questions, other people will be like, well, why are you asking? That's their problem, but it does help you. <laughs> Great point. That is their baggage. Problem. Yes. But if it gets you the information you need to do whatever you need to do, that's where it's worth it. And it's amazing. The number of people that I coach, whether, especially as they're entrepreneurs or in a job employees or companies worrying about retention questions Mm -hmm. aren't being asked to help people do what they need to do whether it's flexible schedules or just information to do their best job I love it I love it this is such a really good topic because we all need that power to ask and ask more often I mean even if you're even if you're a solopreneur, right? You're 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 a CPA doing accounting or you're you're an attorney, you know, doing everything yourself with part-time help. Yeah. You feel like you have to you have to do it all yourself and you wear this like huge baggage on your back saying, "I got to just bust through it." Rather than asking for help or a better method or someone to take this little load off, these are still asks, right? The better method. Okay. I want to highlight that, what you just said, because this is a really, it's such an important one. that's also overlooked too, of sometimes it's just a better way of doing things, right? If you have a fear. So here's another way that we can work with people's limiting beliefs. If you have a fear of asking for help, because it makes you think you don't seem capable. (laughs) Actually, I think I'm on the contrary, knowing that we are capable and either it's not our wheelhouse, we don't have time, something else is one of the most empowering shifts I think any human can actually have. I can do this. 
But for these reasons right now, it doesn't behoove me. It doesn't work. Or there's somebody better. Or frankly, let me ask because maybe there's a better way. And I think there's a lot of ego that has to be released in that of acknowledging we may not know the best way. Yeah. Okay. I, I also learned in my career that because of how I was raised, <laughs> there were a lot of this was always a challenge for me. And sometimes I still butt up against these things, but have the tools to get past it. Um, but this piece of, I love it when somebody can show me a better way. I am open to it. I learn, we get things done faster. The burden is off of my shoulders. And, mm-hmm. and by no means do I delegate everything. Not at all. My husband still tells me I take on too much. finding a better way can be really great and it can feel good to other people to help a lot of other folks overlook that um there's a a team that i work with a finance team for a venture capital firm um, pretty well known and um they're so kind that they were afraid to ask each other for help and when we boiled it down to well hey when somebody asks you for help how do you feel? And they're like, oh my God, I appreciate it. I know I'm helping them relieve a burden. We get to something faster. So even remembering that other people typically can appreciate providing the help. There's the bucket of the, why are you asking me? That's too much. That's their problem. And the other people that like, they love it. They love it. And, and the whole idea of growing your business requires innovation and innovation requires help and different paths. So focusing on asking more, and even if it's asking advisors or support from people that aren't inside your company, there's that, there's that belief that, oh, I can just do it. I can figure it out and do it myself rather than asking. I know, right? I'm dropping bombs here. Well, and I love it because you're reminding me of a couple of um, like co-founders that I work with. And depending on the type of solopreneur in the company you're in, I'll take the example of say you've got investors or boards or somebody else. There are a lot of solopreneurs and entrepreneurs that I have seen fear that if they don't do it, they're not going to seem capable and they're going to get replaced. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a big ongoing fear of a lot of entrepreneurs. Again, typically, if you've got a board or investors, other things that really have a, a major hand in the talent at the helm versus maybe just typical family owned or something else of, oh, dear, am I going to be replaced and brought in by somebody senior? versus stepping into the, let me surround myself with the right people, be able to make the right decisions, grow and learn how to lead rather than actually doing by asking the right questions, you know, navigating other people and letting go of some of it and truly being a leader and figuring out where you need to actually do your doing. And I know this because I go through this as well, like all the time. So it's super personal. I get it. (laughs) Totally. Totally. We all go through it. We do. Yeah. And, and another thing too, I think about um, entrepreneurs, it's always really interesting. One of the first um, workshops I did live with Power the Ass was for NASDAQ's Entrepreneurial Center. So for NASDAQ, everybody thinks of the closing bell and the um, um, stocks, but they've got a whole entrepreneurial center across the country. And I got connected to them while I was at Deloitte and we did a power of the ask and what had become very apparent for them. And even when I was working with SoCal Ventures is a lot of entrepreneurs can how do I say this? Um, kind of get blown with the wind, depending on what others want of them, investors, yeah. boards, people they're selling to, you name it. Um, so being able to get clear on and remain on what you want and how to ask for it so you don't get lost in the process and kind of go, how did I get here? Is mm-hmm. a really, really big, important thing for entrepreneurs, business owners. Yeah, that, that often happens. You do. So the client needs something and then you go fill that need. 
rather than going, well, that's really not my lane. I should refer that, you know, that task to somebody to bring in, but I don't want to lose the client. So then I go fumble through it rather than taking this abundance um, mentality and saying, here, I have somebody that can do that for you. Let me bring them and introduce them in. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that that's scarcity, right? It is. It says I have to force myself through it rather than asking for yeah. help or suggesting that others fill that need. Right. Or even suggesting a different way. So that's another piece mm-hmm. of, well, hey, you want me to do this, but based on my experience, here's another way I've seen be better, or let's do a bit of this. And again, that's all in the framing, which is the fourth step of the power of the ask and actually step two as well. Of How do you actually frame that? So you are asking a question, maybe redirecting it without having to eject. Maybe there is an opportunity to ask if you need to bring somebody else in, but redirecting a conversation rather than just, I always say, taking what's given to you because mm-hmm. um, if it doesn't work for you. And I think what's, it brings to an interesting point, And I, I know you wanted to get to this of like, why the four steps? Can't you just like, I was just waiting. What are those four steps that you've sprinkled on us throughout the talk here? So high level, it's clarity, figuring out what you want how to align it with others to get buy-in and really how do you put together the words to describe what you want that people go absolutely there's getting past your limiting beliefs and then there's your actual communication style and to kind of apply those to what we were talking about is for any of us but you talk about you know founder and entrepreneur You've got to figure out what you want in the first place so even if somebody comes at you with an idea suggestion even if you like it you still come from a place of making a choice of, I like that as is. I like that, but I need these things changed or I don't like it at all. Let's see how we can rework this. And often people, they don't. They don't go into a meeting thinking about what they want, their day, like anything. They just, they have this big overarching piece. But what do you want for even these micro moments and the big things to have that point of view? Because I think when a lot of people feel like disempowered or exhausted or underappreciated, they've lost their own barometer. Or as Brene Brown's been talking about with her um, Atlas of the Heart book and some interviews with Oprah, they've lost their port. They're looking for everybody else. So the power they ask in this first step is a number of questions, which the whole framework actually helps people tap into their own answers. It's not about me giving you answers. It's you learning to tap into your own answers for these things. And then we put it in a framework that enables you to apply it and get your yeses and operate like confidently and empowered. So it's this hybrid of, I figured out the structure and the questions to extract this, and then you get it tailored to your situation. So that first step is like, what do you want? And um, some of those questions even bring in some neuro-linguistic programming, which helps understand other people's map of the world and take otherwise abstract concepts and make them concrete. Mm. The key in that is most people don't know what they want because it's all abstract or it's a loose idea. But then you go, all right, I'm feeling confident. I know what I want. How do I describe this? What do I actually do? And I've had a couple of very biggest like, problem, very confident, powerful people go, well, I know what I want. I'm comfortable. And I don't have the words to say it. And that mm. struck me upside the head. Like you, okay. Um, so part of this framework is then taking all the pieces to set up in a frame. How do you present this? That even within the first five to 10 seconds, you lay the groundwork for your audience to be like, oh, I understand. I know where you're coming from. Yep. 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 You insert that ask and they're already bought in and then also flipping to fit into their priorities and others. So it's this formula that you can also, turn around and rejig depending on if people are drivers and they're like, get to the point quickly, or if you need to have a little bit of a lead in. 
then what happens back to the limiting beliefs? And I've always played with the order of this because I'm a sucker for punishment like that to make like sure. this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's totally making sense, right? It's, it's, you've got a natural order. You're, you're thinking on, I got to know what I want. So you get that clarity and then you get the language around it. And then obviously something's going to stop you. The little chirp back here or the little chirp in their head. Yeah. So for me, however you've ordered it is logical. Yeah. And I love that you've actually said that because I could, I could watch you like your eyes were going as you were going through it. Cause you're right. Like once we've started to think about what we want and talking to other people's when those limiting beliefs and those chirps really come up, a lot of people start with mindset, but it hasn't been primed or scary enough yet to really be ready to be worked with. So that third step is also draws on a lot of the belief work I've done and some of what we talked about to in a brave and safe enough way to work through it and help you actually manage them so you don't get held back, but instead you feel empowered. And then the fourth step, which I think a lot of people start with, they think of executive presence, but it's the communication style. Mm. And for men and women, but women in particular, and it grinds on me the articles about how wishy-washy and passive women are and they're frustrated they're under her, uh, not heard, but the way that they communicate verbal and nonverbal lends themselves to that. So that fourth step is really critical of understanding what is your communication style and how can you adapt it? How can you remain authentic, but adapt it to really get your message across and be concise and convincing? So it's, it's all four of those. I've watched some people do one or two, myself included, but really all four of those, you get those, you master those and your day-to-day just becomes easier. Not without pain. That'd be unrealistic. You still struggle get through it a hell of a lot easier and faster. Like I love it because when you're clear, you can communicate that message better. And when you understand, when you have all the pieces together, it just seems to align because when you're making that presentation and you're understanding your communication skills and what you're trying to impart, but also does that include finding out what their communication skills are like? So like you said, if they're a cut to the chase, kind of get to the point right now, and you're coming in going, you know, you're building up the story and you're telling them all the whys and you're telling them about yourself. And they're like going, oh my God, just tell, get to the point. Right. And so you have to understand who you're, who you're negotiating or having the conversation with to be able to do that. So does your practice, does your four steps include the other person? Absolutely. The, the underlying piece of, so the, the short-term goal, the important goal of this whole power of the ask is actually helping, I think, create a new normal and shift society to get comfortable asking for what they want to communicate. Mm-hmm. But the real underlying skill that ends up coming through as well is learning to ask ourselves first, these types of questions that give us the answers to influence and make everything else easier rather than just asking others questions first. So specific to what you've said, who is the other party in their audience, right? How do they take in information? Are they short? So yes, but it takes us learning to ask these types of questions of ourselves to then figure it out and get to that end goal. I love how you have in your intro, start with the end in mind. That's yeah. part of it. But yeah. we're, to ask our, we're finding our own. The playbook teaches us to ask and how to ask to get a yes, but it also teaches each of us how to tap back into ourselves to get these answers to make everything else easier. Guess what? Wow, that's that's so important. And we really, you know, to feel confident in any kind of conversation, you know, it all starts with us, right? Yeah. And so you've got to feel in your gut that you're that you're worthy of of the ask, 
that the ask is appropriate. You're not like saying, oh, I want a million dollars for whatever it is, you know, when you know you're worth 20,000 or whatever that number is. You've got to feel confident in that. And the only way you can do that is by doing the internal work. And then it sounds like when the internal work is done, then when then you're more in a position to be more confident and and make that win-win workout. Absolutely. What you're bringing up is also a good point. I just, I tend to see things like visually first and then I'm Me like, too. how do I articulate this? And I love it. You get it. Um, a lot of people out there, you're looking for what I call like band-aid strategies. They're not going to work if you haven't done the foundational work. Mm. They'll work temporar- temporarily, but you're going to go back to your old patterns versus some of this. All right. What's the structure? How do I ask myself these questions to get the answers to then put them in a structure? Otherwise, you're searching, you're Googling, and you're doing apps and this stuff for stuff that's kind of temporary versus inner work. And that builds the confidence, these other things, or at least if we find ourselves being challenged, we have our own internal resources to deal with it. So to our best. Love it. Love it. Okay. Whew. Jacqueline, this is like, this has got such, it's such juicy stuff. So um, one more question before we kind of wrap this up. The work that has to be done. Is this like, is this like a life journey? Is this something that I can do in a short amount of time to start seeing success and come back to? How does it all work? How do we figure out what those internal questions we're asking ourselves so we can be confident in, in going for the ask? This is one of the best questions I've ever received and I'm surprised nobody's asked, right? How, like, how I know we're like, how fast can I figure some of this out? Is it a lifetime journey? Like, what is it? I, thank you for asking that. Um, there's the truth is it's a lifelong journey, but there's a short, there's a, there's a, a good shortcut to give like the benefits now. So that's okay, the best way good. to balance it. The reason I say it is a lifelong journey is we have to practice things, mm-hmm. right? The reason we have our habits is we've been doing them for so long. They're in great. So to continue to start and continue good habits, we need to keep using it. The cool thing about the power of the ask playbook is the four step framework you can use for everything. And I find myself using it all the time. And funny thing is that's actually, I realized it was a thing when I was coaching and I was like, Oh my God, I've got something here. I got something here. (laughs) I am self-deprecating and open Komodo on that. It was like, Whoa, this is it because you're able to use it for the smallest and the biggest thing. So it's a tool that you can use on the lifelong journey and then adapt different bits that work for you, right? There's, I'm not a my way or the highway type, you adapt it. The cool thing is I have shrunk this into a four week self-study and there's, I've done it in like live and trainings and all the stuff back to back, but to be able to actually help people ingrain, this as a new habit and all of these questions and the way you do it. And it, and all the research talks about this when you remember stuff and avoid the forgetting curve of learn something, practice it, troubleshoot it, refine it, then add to it. Otherwise, if you try and learn too much at once, you're only going to retain a small piece of it. And the integrity of this is all four of those steps and why it works. So to be able to say, let's learn how to get clear on what you want. Let's practice this in a week, feel damn good about it. Start seeing those rewards. 
All right, now learn the structure for aligning this with the words, practice it, feel damn good at it, et cetera. And the point also for me is valuable to make sure that people see the rewards throughout. That's the cool thing. You don't have to wait till the end. Um, so you can, like I've got, um, so I'm a mom, <laughs> a little one, and I'm doing some of this live still, particularly uh, for companies and, and individuals and small groups, but I've also created a self-study program because let's be honest, we're busy people. Sometimes we need to do it on our own. And that's yeah. four weeks. Right. And then you also have access to the framework to reuse it whenever you need in the PDF. So lifelong journey, it all is. There are no silver bullets in life. This can be done in four weeks and actually seeing like seeing real results and progress throughout too. Just super cool and encouraging to people to keep going on anything. You know, we all we all need to find better ways, right? We've got to find better ways to stop, as we're talking about, stop hiding and start asking the right questions and start asking for help and start asking for the deal and start asking for the growth that you want and the money that you want. It all, it all snowballs. So, but I love it that we've gone through it and you've been very generous in explaining behind the curtain what the program does and how easy it is. So Jacqueline, where can listeners find out more about you and the program? Yeah. So I think three things, I think your show notes or whatever goes up with the podcast is going to have some links. So that's a super Mm -hmm. easy one. Um, If they're listening right now, the website, so the program is power of the ask. So the website is get power of the ask, get like G E T. Um, And it's got all the information. And if you like social media, the handle is um, power of the ask. I am not massive on social media, but I am in the power of asking, have a couple of folks that are going to be helping me with that because I think a lot of these messages are important to get out, whether you do the program or not. So that will be coming. And then as well, actually, now that I think about it, LinkedIn, of course. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, you know what? We all need it. Um, I encourage you to go find out, um, you know, and get more information about it because this is exactly what we need in every part of our business and our life. You know, how about asking our kids? I have older kids. You have a baby. But how about asking our kids to do something, right? I mean, there's there's skills and tactics with that. You know, asking our spouse, you know, there's so many ways that we can utilize this tool in our business and our life. So thank you. And it's a good, um, here's the thing too. Contact me, ask me questions, start there. Or if I can, like, I would love to challenge and encourage you listeners to pick something you want to ask for today and just- Mm -hmm try it. Um, and actually one of the things I know we're going to include in the show notes is a guide that actually goes to this, but also gives everybody the opportunity to identify where they think they're really good in the steps and maybe where they've got some spaces to work. So you can feel good and also go, here's where I can level up to do better, but think of something to ask for, go for it. All right. Awesome. Well, listeners, I hope you found a couple ideas to put into your business that will help you be more profitable. I know asking more will get you more, right? Um, And so don't forget, now more than ever, it's time to build your business like you want to sell it. Don't forget to register for my new 15-minute free training on how to get your business sale ready, even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet. There are tons of benefits to having a sale-ready business, like more freedom, more money, and an easier-to-run business. So go register for free at scale to sell and that's the number two, scale to sell.biz. You don't want to miss this class. And just like Jacqueline had asked, we would love to hear your questions. Go ask us some questions that you're looking for, or better yet, comment and share the question that you are asking this week. 
Um, and let's, we'll give you some feedback on that and see how it's going. And you can test it against Jacqueline's um, uh, offer that she's got uh, for you in the handout. So I think it's a great place to start practicing here on the, on the podcast. So don't forget to subscribe so you can get uh, next week's show as well. So you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and talk with them. Thanks so much, Jacqueline. Thank you.